When Helen was 15, one of her friends moved away. So she wrote about it in her diary. Today, my friend Mary Emma moved away to England. It was a really big deal between everyone. She was the greatest person ever. You could trust her. You could tell her what was bugging you or what was on your mind. She would never insult you. She made you feel so awesome about yourself. Everybody's going to miss her so much. Last night, I made her a tape of songs we loved and talked about. I told her not to open it until she got on the plane because I thought it would be more special. (laughs) There will never be anybody like her again. She was the greatest, and I love her. I'm going to miss her so much. Um, I don't remember who this person is. That's Helen reading from her teenage diary. And this, this is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. I'm Dan Meisner. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up by reading childhood and teenage writing on stage in front of a crowd. This time, recorded live in Calgary, we have a blog post about naked hugs, a skit that takes place in the shower, and a very sweet coming out story. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like a long-lost childhood friend, it is worth remembering. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Joining us on stage right now, Brittany is going to share a couple of diary entries written when she was 16 years old. And what you need to know is that at the time, Brittany lived on a farm in rural Manitoba. She had very strong Christian values, also very strong teenage hormones. Please welcome Brittany to our stage. Ah, 6.54 p.m. Well, talk to Denton. No call back. Yet. So that means he's coming, I guess. He was being really odd tonight. He has something on his mind, but apparently can't put it into words. Whatever. He said we'll talk about it when he gets here. Why can't I fool around with normal guys? (laughs) 6.57. What am I talking about? I wouldn't give him up for any of the bozos at school. Unless he's not into it anymore, which would probably be just as well. 8.02 p.m. Everyone's gone, waiting for Denton, unless he's playing a cruel joke on me and not calling. I look very good. I have butterflies. I hate that. My hands are shaking. Good grief, where is he? I wonder if I should call Chris. Hmm. (laughs) 8.11. Still not here, obviously. Geez, I hate this waiting. Never mind, I think he's here. 8.12. Turning into driveway. I'm turning into a psychopath. Ha 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 ha. 814, never mind, it wasn't him. (laughs) Enough. 915, oh my God. We were on my bed, kissing, bra off, my hand down his pants, question mark. The garage door opened. I am not in trouble yet. I told dad that Denton was dropping off a CD on his way to a friend's. Oh my God. 917, We talked quite a bit, then made out, then talked more, then made out more. We are both confused, and he has a good-sized dick. That is gross. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) 
11.26. Okay, wow. It seems like two and a half hours ago never happened. I can honestly say right now that I do not like Denton. I am done with him. <laughs> he was so talky and annoying tonight <laughs> about how he has issues and that this is weird. And he wants to go further, if I want to, and how he's had many sexual fantasies about me. Whatever. <laughs> One year later... Well, yesterday, when I said, truths unfold and secrets told, which I have no idea what I was meaning, I was not wrong at all. <laughs> Denton is gay. <laughs> he has had gay sex. <laughs> These terrifying slash shocking yet somewhat predicted revelations came to me at spare today. We were hanging out in the lounge, signing yearbooks and reading. After 30 or so minutes of that, he invited me up to the loft in the equipment room where the high jump mat is kept. We were lounging around chatting. I decided this was a good time to pry into his sexual experiences since he keeps putting it off. We started talking about it and I finally said, okay, don't spaz on me, promise. Was it with a girl? He was just quiet and sitting there with an expression I've only seen on him a few times, but one he can't lie with. I'm like, what? Gaping at him open-mouthed. He was so sweet and vulnerable for a little while. He even wept a bit. He said, I'm the only person who knows besides the boys. I'm the only one he's told. We talked for basically the rest of the period with a bathroom break and a walk to our lockers. It was strange and strangely normal. That sounds really cheesy and cracked, but I think I handled it well, since tonight on MSN he told me that I am absolutely wonderful. As for the rest of the day, school was supremely easy. I slept all through consumer math, <laughs> watched a movie in psychology, and had spare all afternoon. Nothing really exciting, except Denton. I gave him a hug and told him we're like Will and Grace, except I have bigger boobs and he has crazy hair. <laughs> yeah, it will be okay. When I was in high school, some friends and I discovered this very cool new website called Blogger. It was the late 1990s, and blogging seemed to be this really fun new thing to do online. So we started a blog of our own. And while blogging still seems like a relatively new form of writing, it's been around for a while. At this point, my high school blog is now almost two decades old. When Anastasia was 14, she also kept a blog. And at our Calgary show, she shared a few selected entries. A quick heads up, Anastasia uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. I hate going pee. I'm sorry for this completely ridiculous topic, but I hate going to the bathroom to pee. It's such a waste of my life. Like, seriously. Ten minutes a day, 3,650 minutes a year, that's like over 60 hours a year spent peeing. And that's not even counting the days that you have a lot of water. <laughs> a love note. 
I love you to the Andromeda galaxy and back. That's approximately 2.5 million light years away, which makes it 2.5 trillion kilometers away, or 5 trillion kilometers both ways. And the fastest rocket travels at 57,936 kilometers per hour, but this is using the slingshot technique, which is useless in this scenario anyways. So... That's 1,390,464 kilometers per day. So it would take me 3,595,922 days to get there and back, which is almost 10,101 years. So I'd be dead. Uh, so yeah, basically, I love you to death. <laughs> Nudity. What's so bad about nudity? Society makes it seem so taboo. A penis is just another body part. A vagina is just another hole. Why make such a big deal of it? People used to run around naked all the time. No one got aroused at the sight of a naked person. Why is it so bad to be naked and show your skin? Naked hugs are the best ones around. But unfortunately, the only ones I've ever got were from one particular close person. Well, fuck it. What if I want to give other people naked hugs? Guys and girls. Doesn't mean I want to have sex with them. Sometimes I want to hold someone really close to me because I'm lonely. Sometimes it's to show gratitude. <laughs> I have noticed that people act more natural when they are bare, not pretending to be anyone, just themselves. So I say, let's all get naked and walk around like our ancestors did. Because damn, there are a few of you out there that I would love to hold nude. <laughs> Question. Why do people drink? Why do teens think it's so cool? It's not. Why even take pictures of it? Well, you can say for the memories, but memories for whom? Not your kids, I hope. But why put them on Facebook? Do you have any idea what people think of you if half of your pictures are of you licking a vodka bottle? And don't even pull the I don't care what people think of me shit. That only works if you wear something considered untrendy or listen to music some people don't like. The fact that people see you as a crazy party alcoholic wild uncontrollable person is incontrovertible. I'm sorry to say, but those pictures scream, look at me, I drink, I'm cool, I'm an adult. Well, guess what? Even adults who drink in parks at night and take these disgusting pictures of themselves are stupid. <laughs> and they are smarter than that, so they don't even do that. If you want to drink, do it on your own time. And do not let those mini-feed pictures make the rest of us even more aware of the stupidity of the human race. Kay, thanks, bye. <laughs> Anastasia, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's a lovely sentiment, but if as you're leaving this evening, you head outside and someone offers you a naked hug, <laughs> just be careful. Sometimes at our live events, unexpected themes emerge. For instance, in Calgary, two different readers brought two very different pieces of writing on the subject of grandmothers. First up, we heard from Helen reading a diary entry about her nana, a woman that Helen called her evil step-grandmother. Please welcome Helen to our stage. 
A quick heads up, Helen's diary entry uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. I'm at Nana and Papa and Nana's cottage in New Brunswick. I like it here except for the whole part about Nana. I put that I put that in quotations because she's first of all not my blood grandma, and second of all, she sure doesn't act like a grandmother, at least towards me. But I just call her Nana to keep the bitch happy. like her at all. She's always nagging me about everything. Standing up straight, the way I set up a buffet table. It's a buffet for Christ's sake. My religious beliefs, of which there are none. There's this talent she has too. She always has this way of getting people to open up to her and tell her things, and then she puts an influence on them to do things. Well, sorry bitch, but you are not getting to me. You will not, you will not change my opinions. She has Papa whipped and has complete control over him. But sometimes he's allowed to have an opinion. Thank you. After the show, I asked Helen if her opinion of her Nana had changed over time. She told me no. So Helen brought one perspective on grandmothers to our stage, but we also heard another, much sweeter grandmother story. When Aisha was in grade four, she wrote an essay about her grandmother, and she called it... A person of inspiration. Do you have a hero or a person who inspires you? I do, and I am going to tell you all about her. Margaret Ray was born in Gimli, Manitoba on June 5th, 1925, 92 years ago. She lived on a farm with her parents and four other siblings. She braved cold winters and hot summers during the Great Depression. She completed school all the way to grade 10 and then moved to Calgary, where she met my gramps and they had three children. The goals that women had back then were to raise children and be a good wife to their husband. My Emma did all of that and more. My grandmother was not a typical hero, but she's one of the people who inspire me the most. She was Icelandic, and my brother and cousins call her Amma, and means grandmother in Icelandic. At 80 years old, she was still one of the most beautiful women that I had ever met. She has every quality a grandmother should have, and that makes her my inspiration. My Amma is kind and loving to everyone. She is an excellent baker and always gives hugs and kisses when you need them. In fact, if I don't give her a proper hug, she says to me, Aisha, give me a proper Icelandic hug. <laughs> On top of that, she gives delightful gifts and loves to be with her immediate and extended family. Her loving and giving nature makes me want to be like her. Amma likes to make a good impression. She's one of the best-dressed ladies that I know. When I see her, she's always wearing a crisp, wrinkle-free outfit and fashionable shoes. Not those shoes that really old ladies wear. No, sir. <laughs> and when Amma walks, she walks tall, with her shoulders square and a look on her face that says, 
Hello, my life is brilliant, and I am going to tell the world all about it today. The perfume that she wears has a light, flowery scent that makes you feel warm and happy inside. Amma has influenced my life in many ways. When I was younger, I loved going shopping with her, going to her house, and having my picture taken. Now that Amma and I are both older, I have serious but important discussions with her. I love these discussions and would hate if we didn't have them. We cover many topics, including life and death. She may not teach out loud, but I watch her actions and I learn from them. One way she has influenced me to be a better person is to be honest with others, but most importantly to myself. Is what I'm doing right? And how will my actions affect other people? She has also taught me not to dwell on sadness and find every bit of light in darkness even when there is none. Amma has influenced my life because she made me feel love, and I am grateful that she took the time to watch me grow up. Thank you. After the show, Aisha called in to explain why she wanted to share her essay on stage. My grandmother passed away um, last year in 2016, November. Um, I miss her. I miss her a lot, for sure. The family is still figuring out uh, how to live life without her, as she was the matriarch of my family. Um, So, I love you, Emma. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys hearing my essay. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Sometimes when you're a teenager, it's hard to know who you can talk to, who you can share your deepest, most intimate feelings with. And I think that's why diary and journal writing can be so appealing. A journal can be a safe place to express yourself without fear of judgment. Our next reader, Kate, kept a journal from grade 7 to grade 12. This was a private journal intended only for herself. And in it, Kate chronicled many of her teenage firsts, including her first drink, her first period, and her first love. Please welcome Kate to the Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids stage. February 2002. Hey girl, I am so excited about this. I have never had a journal before, and I know this is one thing I can tell everything to and not have to worry about trust. Yee-haw. <laughs> March 16th, 2002. Hey girl. Okay, so much has happened since I talked to you last, it's not even cool. First, I will tell you overall what happened, then I will go into depth about each topic and give some details. Number one, the sailing trip. So much fun. Number two, what's the deal with Amar? To like or not to like, that is the question. (laughs) Number three, this one is a surprise, but I will dedicate an entire page to it. Number one, the sailing trip. 
Ah, sailing in the Gulf Islands, nothing like it. It was the best time ever. I will never forget it. Number two, Amar. Okay, this is hard for me because right now you are pretty much the only person I can talk to about this and that's hard. The thing is I love him as a friend and I would love him as a BF, but I just can't. Okay, here it is. March 15th, 2002. You knew it was coming. Here it is. I got my period. <laughs> June 23rd, 2002. Hey girl. Today, I'm going to talk about five things. Number one, who do I like? Number two, how are my friends? Number three, what have I been up to lately? Number four, what's coming up? Number five, worries, worries, worries. Number one, who the hell do I like? Well, besides George Clooney, it remains a mystery. Until now, I currently like all these guys. Ryan Cook, Brian Young, Andrew, and most recently, Amar. Number two, how are my friends? Well, I'm still best friends with the best girls in the world, and I love them more each day. Number three, what have I been up to lately? Taking exams, reading on the bright side, playing volleyball, and getting drunk. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. But on Friday, while drunk, here's what happened. First, saw two dicks. <laughs> Second, felt one stomach. True. So, what's coming up? Beach volleyball. <clears throat> Exams, going to BC, and hopefully summer drinking. Worries, going to school after being drunk on Friday. Exams, my friends being mad, my first summer with my period. Summer equals swimming, equals water, equals wet, equals wearing tampons. October 14th, 2002. So yeah, started my first day of high school. Now I'm on the volleyball team and I love it. I love meeting these new girls from other schools who I only imagined before were total bitches, but they're actually nice. But Gabby hates high school and keeps cutting her hair funny. Lastly, I need a boyfriend. Here's a list of the boys I should go after. Cross them off when you've given them up. Number one, Robert, hot Mormon from science. Number two, Stephen, hot grade 11 from English. Number three, Spencer, a shot in the dark. Talk to you later. Love you, girl. I think I speak for everyone here when I say that Kate's diary left a few questions unanswered. Our next reader, Kalud, kept a diary from age 11 to age 16. And at our Calgary show, she shared a number of selected entries from a number of different volumes. Just a little, like, um, intro. Like, I grew up in uh, Pakistan, so this is all from Pakistan. And uh, very interesting, because I was a very interesting person. So here goes. 27 December. Dear Diary, today I went to Mani's uh, wedding ceremony. Tell you what, the bride's side was quite dumb. Man, give me a break. I went there to hunt for boys, and what I found was dorks. <laughs> but the fireworks were cool. Hello, dear diary. Diary, how are you? Did you miss me? Huh? Did you? No. 
You, you were there in a pile of clothes, all mixed up. Well, diary, lots of new things start, have started. My cousin Warda hates Juni. Duh. Does she think I'm a fool? Or what? Not to guess that she has a crush on him? Warda, get a grip on yourself, dude. I know you love him. And go tell him. Just be his perky friend. Who asked her to get into such a foolish boy such as Juni? Idiot. Secondly, my cousin Aisha and her love affair with that guy in her apartment building. Aisha, get a grip on yourself. This one has a log because my brothers uh, went in my diary and like added their own comments. So, <laughs> so <laughs> This had to be locked. Okay. Today, I really did this cute skit in the shower in which I played... It was in the shower. In which I played two roles. I played myself, a dorky, not-so-attractive girl, and I played the hot head of the English Literary Society. And it went like that I ask him if I can be a part of his event, and he says yes, and then he confesses that he has a crush on me, the dork. I mean, wow. Then they start hanging out together and stuff. Now, this is so impossibly impossible that it can only take place in the bathroom. And me being the only... Me being the only person babbling, because seriously, why would such a hot society head guy have a crush on me? N not so hot. Correction. Not at all hot. <laughs> Dork. So, thing that happened in the restroom, stay in the restroom. LOL. Well, jokes apart, here's a list of things I need to start doing. Start working on science projects. Start studying. Pray five times. Sleep less. And elections but I gotta wait and see what happens. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much. At Grown Ups Who Thinks They Wrote As Kids, we hear a lot of teenage writing, especially angsty teenage writing. Our next reader, Alana, shared a couple of diary entries, and the thing you need to know about these entries is that at the time she wrote them, Alana was feeling a lot of angst about going through puberty and moving to a new town. The other thing you need to know about Alana's diary entries is that she addressed many of them directly to God. Dear God, I am really feeling awkward right now. Today, Mom said something about bras and said that I might be ready for one. Am I already almost a teen and ready for a bra? I don't want to grow up. I want to be a kid forever, God. I know this is the way you made us, but it's sort of weird. <laughs> September 30th. I have some sad news. Today, my parents put an offer on a house. They might as well have ripped my heart out. I love my house, my yard, my neighbors, my room. Oh, my beloved room. Purple, pink, and lime green covered in posters and photos and things I love. I'm in tears as I write this. Plus, my brother and sister, Adam and Lauren, have to change schools. If I were their age and I had to change schools, I would be the most depressed kid ever. Well, I have to go get Kleenex to wipe my tears. <laughs> well, someone made an offer on our house. I'm not really sure what to think of it yet. Like, I'm excited and all, but I'm still really sad. Dear Diary, today we met the guy who's going to buy our house. And get this, when the guy walked into our house, he said he felt the presence of God in our house. <laughs> I'm still going to really miss our house, though. 
Dear diary, only two more weeks until we move. Who knows, maybe in two weeks I'll be writing my diary in my new room. I'll still really miss this room, though. Right now I'm going to write down all the things that I feel in this room that I want to feel in the new one. Cozy, calm, peaceful, love, expression, inspiration, freedom, happiness, joy, full of memories, and most of all, God's presence. Also, I hope, <laughs> I feel hope, and I find refuge in this beautiful room, as I'm sure I will in my new room. Dear diary, mom and dad just had a huge fight. It was about something stupid like moving details. It makes me sad that this move might not only ruin my life, but my mom and dad's marriage, too. <laughs> when my aunt and uncle split up, mom and dad's promised that they would always love each other, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> I hope that this is just a dumb little fight. Dear Diary, next week at this time, I'll be writing to you in my new room. It breaks my heart to even begin to imagine not living in my beloved house. I've cried every single day since the day I found out we were moving. I have to stop writing so that I can keep packing. Sad face. P.S. It was just a dumb fight between mom and dad. They're fine now. <laughs> and now I'd like to... This is my songwriting journal, and I'd like to share a song based on the trauma of this time as well. It's titled, I Hate Hidden Valley, because that was the community we were moving to. <laughs> Verse one. Wow, how quickly things can change. Just yesterday in this great place, I was sitting on the front porch learning how to bike, sledding down the big hill. This has screwed up my life. <laughs> And I wonder why these things have to change. I wonder why my life has to rearrange. I hate Hidden Valley. Verse two, purple, pink, and green, I love my room. And all of a sudden there was a big kaboom. My life exploded, my heart is split in two. The tears run down the faces of neighbors as we put up the for sale sign. Verse three, and God, I know that you have plans for us, but why do they have to change schools, Jesus? <laughs> Well, I see the blessing you have given us. Although we've made memories in our home, I'm sure we'll make even more there. I'll be sitting on the front porch, riding my bike, sledding down a different hill. This will change my life. And I'll soon know why these things have to change. And I'll soon know why my life has to rearrange. And I'll love Hidden Valley. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Strangely enough, I Hate Hidden Valley is now the official theme song of Hidden Valley. is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at Yuck Yucks in Calgary, Alberta, and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids is more than just a podcast. It is a live event series, and we may be coming to your city soon. It is also a video series. We post new reader videos every weekday to Facebook and YouTube. To find out more, visit our website, grownups.fm. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>